I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians, and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming releases. Welcome to episode 231 of this podcast. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Thank you for once again returning to listen to our little pod. We do appreciate it. It's an incredibly exciting time at the moment. We are in the midst of laneway season, which has bands like Turnstile, Haim, uh, Phoebe Bridges, Joji, and many more in our fair country. Uh, If you've already been to Laneway over the weekend or you're going this coming weekend, let us know, head to our social media and um, tell us who your Laneway highlight has been thus far. In keeping with the Laneway theme, we've got one of the bands on the lineup as our guest today. But before we get to that, we do have some very exciting news to be announced. This song is yours, this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Uh, We are partnering with Wax Lyrical and we are now a sponsored pod. For anyone who isn't aware of who Wax Lyrical are, they are Australia's premier vinyl subscription service. They've got brand new feature records each month, exclusive pressings, and they hold special events. It is pretty much a must for any music lover. We were incredibly lucky that we uh, linked up with them at one point early last year uh, and discussed our love of music and now that... Um, that friendship is going to see a collaboration between the two. So you'll be seeing Wax and This Song Is Yours collaborating as the year goes on this year. So please keep an eye out. Be sure to go visit their website to sign up as a member and see if they have any of the exclusive magenta pressings of The Overload by Yard Act, who is our guest today. The British rock band from Leeds is currently in Australia for Laneway Festival and we were lucky enough to speak with frontman James Smith on a day off in Sydney. The band released their debut record, The Overload, early last year, and it uh, basically, the second that it was released, uh, was met with quite a lot of acclaim and has just continued to kick goals ever since its release. It was shortlisted for the Mercury Prize over in the UK, uh, and Elton John has even collaborated with the band after admitting that he was a fan. In our episode today, we are talking to James, the frontman, about his experience touring Australia this time around, um, how our lovely sponsor uh, and partner, Wax Lyrical, helped with getting the band's name and vinyl out down here in Australia. We're, we're talking about the songwriting dynamic in the band and we discuss their highly anticipated second record. Uh, you'll find all the band's details, where you can catch them on tour and where you can buy said record in today's show notes. We do also want to give a huge thank you to Amber at Inside Out for her help with today's episode. But for now, here is our conversation with James Smith from Yard Act. (laughs) 
welcome to This Song Is Yours, James Smith from Yard Act. Hello, sir. Hello, Simon. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? Yeah, good. Really good. I've had a lovely day in Sydney doing uh, stacks of press, but uh, everyone has been extremely welcoming, and so I am glad to be talking and telling you all these things that you need to know. <laughs> Look, I do very much appreciate that you've probably had a, um, yes, a very busy day with press, and ho- I'm hoping that you're ending with me. I'm hoping you don't have more into the night, that they're not kind of working you too hard while you're here. <laughs> no, this is, yeah, this is the day and this is the last, this is the final stretch, so I'm going to give it my all, Simon. I'm not going to scrimp on the you get. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind, very much appreciated. Um, James, as you've mentioned, you are in our very fair country. You guys are here for Laneway, which kicked off over the weekend. Firstly, I guess, yeah, how has everyone been treating you so far? Are we a hospitable country? Incredibly so, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, 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 so I've done. Where are you based? Sorry, Simon. Are you in Sydney? We're in Adelaide. All right, so we're coming to Adelaide tomorrow. So I can't yet tell you. Oh, no, not tomorrow. Day after, I can't yet tell you what the uh, the people of Adelaide are like <laughs> hospitably, uh, hospitable wise. Is that a word? But uh, I can say. Melbourne had a cool vibe, it felt quite English, uh, but with a good sort of party scene. Sydney, I've absolutely loved everything about it. Um, I've loved the parks and the botanical gardens down by the harbour. Um, went down Bondi Beach yesterday and that was great. Uh, and Brisbane, I loved as well. Really great people in Brisbane. Um, Brisbane had a real sort of Leeds vibe in terms of the community that I'm, you know, I'm mainly, I'm just talking about the sort of 20 odd people I met in a record shop who seem to know each other and have a good sort of love for the city. Uh, The shows have been great, really great shows. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's a really cool place. I love looking at all the trees because we don't have this much variety in our uh, flora. It is. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who are very excited that you're here. Um, touching on, I was going to kind of leave it for a little bit later, but you, you've brought it up. Touching on that uh, that record store that you visited in Brisbane um, yeah. when this episode does come out, it's going to be announced that uh, the gentleman behind that record store, Wax Lyrical, who um, I believe you've yeah. worked with before, uh, yeah. Yes, Ben, lovely gentleman. He, uh, we're announcing yeah. this morning that he's jumped on as the sponsor of this podcast, um, which is very exciting. He mentioned but... that. Uh, yeah, yeah, he said. Cool. <laughs> yeah, lovely guy. Very, he's been very helpful to us out here, so I'm very grateful to Ben. I will thank him once more on this podcast. Thank you, Ben. Cheers. <laughs> I know that Ben's going to love that, and I'm wanting to talk about what yeah. Ben has brought to us in Australia. I'm going to hold it up very quickly, cover my face. We've got this beautiful vinyl right here, the Magenta Yard Act record. Um, firstly, I want to say congratulations because in the UK, this has been the, f- is it, correct me if I'm wrong, the fastest selling vinyl since the 2000s. So that's when, where, when we went to, yeah, when, when it came out, it was announced as that. I have a sneaking suspicion that Wet Leg might have beat us. But no one ever really mentioned it because they achieved loads of other more important stuff. 
But I've got a feeling that maybe it was until the Wet Leg album came out. But maybe they, maybe they sold more elsewhere, and maybe we still own the the vinyl title. I'll cling on to my accolades until the day I die. I'll fight for them till the death. They're very important to me. Um, yeah, no, it was the, yeah. I mean, it definitely sold a lot, and. I mean, I, I think I think previously to that, the record had been beaten the, the year before by the Inhaler record. So I'm sure if it, if Wet Leg didn't top us, some band will in the next year or two. I'm sure it's certainly having its uh, moment at the moment. And uh, and you know, as you said, that 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 the the the, the, um, the magenta version that that Ben put out, people seem to like the limited edition stuff and the and the and the variants and. Uh, yeah, he, he did offer me one. He said, Do you, would you like to take one back to Leeds for your collection? And, and though I'm, ex- as I said, I'm extremely grateful to Ben for all he's done for us out here. Uh, the thought of another one of them going on my record shelf, I couldn't handle it, so I politely declined. <laughs> uh, so there is one more copy than he intended still for sale somewhere in the Brisbane area, if anyone is still looking for one. Yeah. We'll be putting um, show notes in this podcast episode so anyone who listens to this, uh, they'll be able to go buy any copies that are left of this beautiful record. Um, I'm, I guess I'm beautiful. just curious, James, are you surprised at the success of this record and that it's still... I feel like it's not... I feel like after a record's release, sometimes there's that kind of, not even deflation, but it kind of goes down in the in the cultural zeitgeist, but I feel like this record is still going on very strong 12 months on from its release yeah yeah and that confuses me well it's conflicting sometimes it does some and sometimes i i'm confused by it and surprised by it and other times i find it quite reassuring that i was right in my that that me and the band were right in our approach to the way we made the album what we said and how we crafted it because we put a lot of care into the way the album flowed. So I think as, as an album, not just as a handful of singles or some album tracks, I think I think we've been validated in the way that we wrote it and, and presented it to people. Um, definitely had no expectations for it beyond it, maybe. Um, you know, by the time it was coming out, we kind of knew the EP had done all right and we knew we were on a label that we're going to push it um, for us. So... We knew there was a bit of something coming, but I couldn't have anticipated the way it went, and I can't anticipate how my life has since changed because of it. Um, last year was so intense touring-wise. We did like 190 shows in the year. Um, it was so intense that I didn't think about it, and, and we kept getting asked how we felt about it. And at the time, I didn't feel anything. It was only after we stopped at the end of at the start of December we we finally stopped and after a few weeks of being at home and just kind of eating plates of broccoli and being sat watching telly and doing normal things like taking my kids to the park and not having to wonder which you know venue I was thrown into next only when I sort of came back down to earth did I realize quite how intense and and special last year was and we've started this year by coming to Australia so it seems like it's carrying on um (laughs) yeah it's a strange it's a strange place to find yourself in I often don't know where I am um or where I'm going 
but it doesn't mean I'm having a bad time. I often wake up in the middle of the night wondering whose room I'm in, and uh, well, it's always some hotel room. There you go. I can appreciate that there's probably a sense of, especially when a record is successful, you are being, well, as you're here in Australia, I imagine that this is not the final uh, destination for you guys. I think you were announced in Japan for later and only a few months away. Um, Does international touring kind of, do you get used to that more as more success comes or is it just still forever a kind of a thing that you just have to adjust to? I mean, it's always an adjustment, but I mean, I think with places like Australia, it's more exciting to know that you're going to Australia. No offence to, like, Liverpool or, you know, Norwich or anywhere, like, you know, (laughs) it it is a bit more exciting to go to the other side of the world. And it is a bit like you have no idea of how big you actually are out there. You know that there must be some some form of something happening because they're going to put you on a plane and take you there and book you for these festivals. So you, you know that there must be a little bit of summer, but you don't really, you can't really connect with it in the same way that you can connect with how you're doing in your own country. Um, but now it feels like, you know, stuff like Japan, there's other places we're going to later in the year that, I've, that I never thought I'd visit in my life, places that were... Not even a pipe dream. They're not even a place I had an ambition to visit just because I never thought I would. And they're now becoming a reality. And it does become... Yeah, I'm very lucky to see the world because of it. Um, And seeing new places and the people that you meet there is is what makes it worthwhile alongside the the stress and strain of touring for a living because that is that's hard and it's exhausting and you know i'm still not over the jet lag and i don't know where i'm going next and it, there's a lot of yeah it's, touring's you know it takes its toll on your body uh but but the payoff is that you get to spend four days in sydney and and it's beautiful you know that makes it worthwhile that's that's brilliant. I'm I'm incredibly lucky, yeah, incredibly lucky to be able to do it, and I'm excited to, to see Japan and the other places that I can't yet announce on your podcast that we <laughs> will be going to. Yeah, yeah. Look, we don't want to get anyone in trouble, so I'll, I'm not going to push for any <laughs> um, secret spoiling. But that is very exciting. This I mean, record. I'm sure. I'm sure if it got announced it wouldn't be like you know it's not like they're leaking the headliner of some like giant festival we're going to be at the bottom of the <laughs> posters on these places i'm sure no one's really going to bat an eyelid but we yeah we technically can't announce it so we uh we won't <laughs> yeah. Look, again i can respect that but i i think it might be a little bit hard on yourself it looks as though even in the last 12 months the positioning for yard act on certain festival posters here and overseas i think that there is movement up those lines, so I think you're being slightly unfair on yourself. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's just because, I mean, we... Where we come from and how we were raised, we're taught to be self-deprecating and... Uh, of course. Uh, by trade, yeah. We, yeah, we struggle to um, be proud of our achievements in the north of England. Uh, we've been downtrodden for so long. <laughs> that, uh, that it's in our nature to deny our uh, to deny our inevitable brilliance. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm for keeping moving up posters. I am. I uh, 
Yeah, it looks better when you're in a bigger font. I like it when you get to the part on a poster where they give you your own actual logo and font. You know, when you get out of the stock, you know, like the Redden and <laughs> Leeds posters. I don't know if you see them. It used to be like you see the bands when the band went from just the block block capitals to their own logo. It'd be like, ah, oh, they're doing all right, but we'll get there. We'll get there <laughs> one day. Oh, I'm sure of it. Your graphic designer is, it's not an if, it's a when. I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's Ryan. That's Ryan who plays bass. He's uh, he's king of the graphic design. That's what he did for, well, he was a screen printer and he did a bit of graphic design and poster prints on the side before we went full-time with Yardak. So he's in charge of that stuff. That's, that's awesome. I was actually curious about, because I know that you and Ryan, I believe you and Ryan started Yardak after both being in, in separate acts. How did that kind of meeting of the two minds come together and at what point did you realise that you had something special? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we first, the, when me, me and Ryan had kind of known each other around Leeds for a couple of years, and we kind of very occasionally just end up at the same table at a pub or next to each other at a gig, and, and we'd have a chat, but we weren't really friends and we weren't really close just because that, that part of our lives hadn't happened yet. But we'd uh, often uh, see each other, and then there's a record shop in Leeds called Jumbo Records, and they were they were celebrating their 45th anniversary as a shop, and they got in touch to say they got in touch with both mine and Ryan's band separately to say that they wanted to do a split seven inch to celebrate uh, the shop. And so so uh, my band Post War Glamour Girls and Ryan's band Menace Beach ended up on the same on the flip side of this record. And me and Ryan sort of started emailing to discuss the artwork and how we should uh, go about designing that uh, and that kind of and it was kind of after that it was like should we uh, should we go for a pint next week and it was like yeah definitely and then and then it turned out that I used to work around the corner from where Ryan worked and we used to both work till sort of late evening till about nine o'clock and so we'd often end up going to the pub together after work um, and it was in that time that this friendship started really forming. And then Ryan found himself uh, without a place to live. And so me and my wife offered for him to stay in the spare room until he found his own place. And it was in that time that we started doing uh, Yard Act on the side. We were just sort of recording demos. We had no real great ambitions for it at the time. It was kind of still a side project to our other now much less successful 
bands, you know. But at the time, it was a complete side project. We were just trying to be like guided by voices. Um, we were trying to. Uh, we 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 weren't going to have a name, and we were just gonna. We were just gonna burn like thirty cassettes off and give them to our mates. You know, be like these really pretentious, arty DIY punk. <laughs> People. Obviously, we went the absolute opposite end of that when we signed to a major record label, but um, yeah, we're all contradictory creatures deep down, and uh, we're only lying if we refuse to admit it. Uh, so, yeah, we ended up doing that, and Ryan's, yeah, that's that's how the band started, and in those six months, Ryan was living with me, uh, we became quite inseparable, and I became... Yeah, he's my best best friend, and I became incredibly, incredibly bound to him, and incredibly loyal to him, and um, and I hope he. Well, I know he would. I don't know if he'd say it, but I know he thinks it. I know. I know in his heart that his intent is that he's the same to me, and um, yeah, it's a very special relationship that we've that we do have, and I'm grateful for it every day. I'm grateful that we have this trust with each other to be able to share uh, ideas and to be able to critique each other's ideas and to trust the other if the other says something is great and the other doesn't think that or to trust the other if the other says that it's crap we eventually come around and, and listen to the other side of it it's a, it's a very special partnership and and no one's ever made me laugh like Ryan um, he's yeah, I hang around with Ryan because it because it makes me happy, basically. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. And we started the band together. That was it. Yeah. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Uh, no, I, well, it was a lovely sentiment. I think that it was a very kind yeah, thing right, what you yeah. said about Ryan at the end as well. Um, yeah. What is the? Because I imagine you and him both being songwriters in your previous respective bands what is the songwriting process like within yard act now because if you have two is it like a lennon mccartney thing where it's split evenly or is it different ideas brought by different people at different times well i mean the first album was was pretty much just me and ryan and then Sam kind of came in at the end of the process with his guitar lines on top. But the second album, we're now a, a band and we've played live for 18 months. So, I mean, obviously I'm just on vocals, but but as a unit, guitar, bass, drums, Jay, Sam and Ryan, are they're muscular now. They're a powerful unit <laughs> and they're, they're inside each other's pockets and it's amazing. And I get to stand in front of that and shout over the top of it, but... I, I'm in awe of how good they sound as a band. Um, that's powerful. But the, but in terms of the actual writing process, um, we've kind of remained the same into album two, but with some more tweaks now that Sam and Jay are involved as well. But um, because obviously I'm I'm focusing largely on lyrics, um, we found that we found that the best dynamic for working together because because obviously like I I used to write melodically as well with with guitars and keyboards and and write sort of structured finished songs and ryan used to do the same in his band and we found that with the with the approach to the new band it didn't work and also because sam was contributing his part separately we found that it took ryan a little while to stop putting guitar parts on all the demos because it was like it was <laughs> like not his place anymore 
anymore. You know, it's like we learned we learned that as we went that we had to keep the demos minimal so Sam could contribute to them. And so Ryan, after being quite involved in after getting attached to songs that I would then hear and not connect with, he learned that the best way to write was to just write two bass lines connected together and send them and and do like 10 demos like that and send them to me. And I would literally just flick through them until one stuck. And it, and there was no, there was, there's no, there's no logic to as to which ones will connect. Um, it's not always his best bass lines. It rarely is. It's usually the ones he hates that are two notes and he thinks they're stupid. And that'll be the one where all of a sudden my lyrics will fall right over the top of it and it becomes a song. Um, and it's kind of like Sod's Law. We kind of just realised that that's, uh, that's the way it works. So he just sent me bass lines with a drum machine underneath. I'd then write to them and edit them structurally to the length that fit my sort of narratives and then we pass them on to Sam who would then write because just just to be clear all this was also at the time all written in the lockdown so we weren't writing as a band in a room because we weren't in a room together so it was all being sent remotely and that kind of influenced our songwriting style Uh, necessity actually now has become a key part of what was necessity at the time has now become a very key part of uh writing approach and it works for us and it's still i still get when we're not on the road i still get three or four demos of ryan every other week um to flick through and see what i write and i'm kind of always just writing you know, and maybe on this album, I'm kind of now contributing a bit more with arrangements, and uh, I tend to add keyboard parts now because we have a live keys player usually. Um, and then Jay, who's our drummer, he's also an engineer, and so we work in the studio. We write in the studio, and we we don't work like a live band in a room. We we work like four producers sat around computers with their instruments, and everyone contributes. Um, and everyone has their strengths and it's amazing and that's kind of how we write now we kind of write our records as we record and that's certainly the case with album two I was going to touch base on that because I imagine that you've been asked it before actually I've even in doing research for today have seen that you've been asked it multiple times so I'll try and keep it to to a minimal um, I guess how is album two going or or can we talk about it or shall we just avoid it I mean, I can't... There's not loads I can say. I can say it's about 75% finished. um, And it'll be out next year. Um, Everything's been written and and most of it's been recorded by us. Um, It needs a good good mix and it needs a bit of a clean-up because we've thrown a lot of ideas in parts. I think when we get back to Australia, we're going to sit with it for a couple of weeks and say... Yeah, we've all made a conscious effort not to listen to the record since we came here because we've, since we've, yeah, we had a few weeks off when we got back until over Christmas and then we spent the majority of January working together on it. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm incredibly proud of what we've written. I'm incredibly proud of the story it tells. And I'm incredibly proud of how, how we've developed what we had and, and pushed it into new areas. It's, the first album is obviously it's like I say it's clearly resonated with a lot of people, so I can't be 
I can never be harsh on that album because it, it's changed my life and people love it. But this new one surpasses it by a long way, um, I believe. And I, and I wouldn't... I, I don't just want to, like, brag. I'm only comparing <laughs> myself to myself here, you know. Yeah. I'm only in competition with my own last record. And, and I'm in... Yeah. I'm excited by what we've got and I'm excited for people to hear it. I don't think they'll be expecting what we do. I think even... even. Sorry, that's quite vague. I can't give you any more than that. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. In the loveliest way, and this is not a critique of your answer, for someone who hasn't announced anything, I wouldn't expect it. And it was more than I was expecting, James, so I appreciate that. <laughs> right, okay. Um, oh, yeah, it's there. The, the decisions by the band do, um, as in what you've done since the album kind of have taken people by surprise. I think they've, um, one of the most surprising things was the collaboration with Elton John late last year, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, last, yeah late yeah. last summer, yeah, July, August time, yeah. Yeah, when, when, when things like that come across your desk, because as the band becomes more famous, more well-known, more popular or successful, I imagine that there's lots of different, offers different kind of opportunities coming across your desk what do you or how do you decide what's right for the band while still surprising fans of the band collaboration wise i'm kind of always open to it i think do the collaboration first and then if it doesn't work you still have the right to not put it out um I've learned that saying yes to things goes a long way, except don't put songs you love on adverts for things you wouldn't sell, <laughs> you know. Uh, there was a pretty daft amount of money we got offered to put 100% endurance on a casino advert, and it was like, absolutely not. We'd never... I don't want that song sullied by the sale of something that I'm not particularly keen on anyway, so... So yes to everything apart from the things you definitely know you would never do. Mm. Saying yes has got me a long way. And I learned that from Ryan actually. Like I I I despite despite my sort of relatively outgoing nature in in terms of conversations like this and how I act on stage and how I can be when I'm being James from Yard Arts, I'm actually quite a reluctant person. I don't really push the boat out or take that many risks. And uh, it was Ryan that took all those risks early on and, and, and all the cars fell into place because of Ryan approaching people with confidence uh, and, you know, just throwing us in, the, throwing us in front of people uh, and learning as we went. And that approach remains the same now. It just so happens that the stakes are kind of higher. But they're not really. As long as you do what you, as long as you do it because you love it, it, it it's not going to go wrong. That's that's all there is to it, really. And uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff coming up, and I can't believe that the people doing it agreed to it. Uh, sorry, I can't. I know this is boring. I can't just do these cryptic <laughs> talks with you, with you, Simon. It's like, yeah, yeah. There's stuff happening. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we surprise ourselves, but. It's amazing. It's cool. Whatever surprises that may be in store, James, people, I well, personally, I can only <laughs> speak for myself, but I'm excited to see what is in store because, again, this record seems to 
still be kicking goals, still have quite a life in it. Um, and the fact that you've said that this second one yeah. um, is going to is going to trump that, I'm very curious to see what that does bring and very excited for it. Um, usually, I know you just mentioned that you haven't been listening to that record while you've been here trying to do a bit of a cleanse. We would usually ask our guests um, at the end of each episode uh, what they're currently listening to if there is something at the moment that is on high rotation for yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of references to kind of what I've had on, let me just get up, I'll get my... So I'll tell you what I've had on. I've had. I've been listening to The The quite a lot, you know, the band The The. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've been... I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got a few records from Ben in Brisbane. Uh, I've picked this up, which is... I'm, I've had that on quite a lot. Rashi's production, I really love. This one was the coolest one that I found. I was really excited. It's um, it's a Sly and Robbie 12-inch. Um, but I picked it up because it says says there it's got Herbie Hancock and uh, Bernie Worrell on it, and it's produced oh. by Bill Laswell. Uh, a lot of these Bill Laswell records seems to be sort of cropping, cropping up and sort of sneaking onto the peripheries. I've noticed the name quite a lot. I mean, you know that song um, "Time Zone" by World Destruction Unit, John Lydon and Africa Bambata. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with that. It's on an episode of The Sopranos. It's a great production. Uh, I was listening to that a lot. Uh, what else have we got? I mean, Julia Jacqueline, I've been listening to a lot because of the, uh, because she's playing Laneway and I'm a big fan of her. Uh, what else is in my playlist? Cass is Dead, I really like. He's a rapper from London. Um, Dexter Wansa, Life on Mars. I don't know if you know that track. It's like a sort of disco funk cut. Um mm-hmm. There's loads. Sorry, this probably isn't very helpful. Um, no, it is. It's, well, it's quite eclectic. You've got. Yeah. It's clear that you've not kind of um, just. Uh, what's the word? That you're not uh, holding yourself to just one genre. That you kind of do appreciate anything that is of quality, regardless of what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's important to me that yeah. The last thing I want to listen to is bands that Yardax get compared to. Because uh, it becomes a yeah, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy of your own demise, almost to just be. For me, it's just that it's just it's right for some bands, you know. It's worked wonders for ACDC uh, to 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 be have this iconic sound that you hammer home and never deviate from. But that I just I just don't think that would ever be us. We we care too much about trying new things out and that's part of the journey you know 100% I very much appreciate that and would agree with that um James thank you so much for ending your day in Sydney (laughs) with us um it's very much appreciated we're looking forward to seeing you in Adelaide uh, and the rest of the dates for Laneway but congratulations on the success of um the album and for coming down again looking forward to seeing you Absolutely no problem, Simon. Come and say hi to us at Adelaide uh, if you see us. That'd be great to see you face to face.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.